please turn with me to Psalm 121 in your Bibles. Help. My help comes. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We are all in need of help today. Deep need of help. The whole world needs help. And the psalmist tells us that our help comes from the Lord. You see that in verse 2. And the psalmist tells us that our God, our Lord, is a powerful God. He's the maker of heaven and earth. Is there anyone or anything more powerful than him? Now, when we need help in normal circumstances, the tendency is to turn to other people, other things, for provision, for protection, for guidance, for safety. And of course, other people and other things can help in a limited way. But the psalmist here is telling us that we are safe only in the arms of Jesus. He provides ultimate help, ultimate protection, and ultimate safety. This basically is the message of Psalm 121. We have a bit of a breakdown. You can see that there in the notes that are in the resource section. We have a vital question in verse 1. We have a vital answer in verse 2. And then we have vital reasons to believe the answer in verses 3 to 8. First of all, the vital question, verse 1. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Psalm 121 is part of the songs of ascents. The Israelites would sing these songs as they traveled to Jerusalem as pilgrims for each of the three great feasts in the Jewish calendar. The Feast of Passover, which commemorated the Exodus. The Feast of Pentecost, which commemorated the giving of the law at Sinai. And the Feast of Tabernacles, which commemorated the wanderings of the people of God in the wilderness. And as they journeyed towards Jerusalem. They start to climb the hill up to Jerusalem, and they started to sing these psalms. Now, when we are under pressure, worried, or stressed, or anxious, we tend to stare at something, and maybe even daydream. We might stare into space, or stare at the wall, or out the window, or maybe into a cup of coffee. And perhaps we're feeling sorry for ourselves or trying to work out some kind of answer or maybe regretting some wrong decisions we've made. Perhaps this is what the the psalmist is doing. He's looking up to the hills and he's asking, he's pleading, he is crying out, what am I going to do? How do I get out of this mess that I've got myself into? Who is going to help me? Or perhaps he's thinking of actually running away. I'll run away into the hills. My mom had five boys to look after, and sometimes she would say, if you don't stop misbehaving, I'll I'll run away to the hills. Is this what the psalmist was thinking? Or perhaps he saw a threat from the hills, a source of danger, wild animals or robbers. The truth is we don't actually know for certain. But I think we can identify with the psalmist. At times, we can't see any further than our problems. And sometimes we just stare. Stare at something, and we ask the question, 
Where does my help come from? That's the question, the vital question that we need to ask in these dangerous days that surround us. John Calvin doesn't think much of the psalmist here. He says, the psalmist is talking like an unbeliever. And Calvin goes on to ask and to say that the psalmist reflects a condition common to believers, even though we know that God is the source of all our security, and even though we know God is in control, we tend to look here and there and everywhere else for our security. But the vital question still is this, where does my help come from? But thankfully, we're given the answer in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You see, the one who actually made those hills was willing to be his helper. The one who made those hills was willing to keep him safe. The one who made heavens and the earth and everything in them was willing to be with him. And that's true for us as well. Whether we be in lockdown or we're still at work, whether we're in isolation or in places of danger, whether we are sick or healthy. You see, our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And realize, the psalmist is not talking here about the power of positive thinking. He's not talking about crossing our fingers and hoping. He's not talking about just simply hoping and trusting that the best will work out somehow, sometime. He's talking about real faith in a real God who has power to help and who cares enough to help in every problem. For us as a church, for us as individuals, for us as a, a wider community, and for us as a world. He cares. He is our helper. So the vital question where does my help come from? The vital answer. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And then thirdly, the vital reasons, verses 3 to 8. Verses 3 to 8 explain why this answer is not just some kind of wishful thinking. There are reasons why we can see that our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And there's really four things I want to pull out of these verses. First of all, he guides us. That's why we can receive our help from him. He guides us. Beginning of verse 3 there, it says, He will not let your foot slip. He will not let his people slip and slide and fall away and fail. He offers his help to stop us slipping and sliding away. He has the power and he has the energy to help us. And that's why we must come close to Jesus in salvation. And that's why we must stay close to Jesus in consecration. Now, in our present crisis as a world, it's very easy for us as individuals to slip and to slide away. It's very easy to forget about him and put our trust in all kinds of other answers. It's very easy for us to doubt, to abandon our faith, and to become cynical. But listen what the psalmist says. I'm surrounded by danger. I am a pilgrim in a dying world. I'm struggling on my own to keep standing, but he will not let my foot slip. 
He will guide me. That's why he is my help, our help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of earth. He will guide me. He will guide us. The second reason why we can believe that he is our help is that he watches over us. Verse 3b and verse 4. He will watch over you because he does not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The key word is watches or keeps, as one or two other translations use. Now, often we use the phrase, would you keep an eye on whatever, a multitude of things like keep an eye on the kids, I'm going out to do a message, or keep an eye on the spuds, we don't want them to boil over. Well, in many ways, it's exactly like that with God. He's keeping an eye on us. He's watching over us. He's keeping us 24-7, anytime, every time, all of the time. And he doesn't have to slumber or sleep like we do. He doesn't have to rest like we do. He has power and he has energy to help us. So today, realize he's watching over you. He is keeping you, even as you struggle, even as you worry, even in this crisis, even tonight when you sleep and when you rest. He is our help. And so we can trust him because he guides us. He watches over us. But he also protects us. That's the third thing from verses 5 and 6. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Of course, the psalmist knows what we all should know, that we are very, very weak. We're vulnerable in mind and in body and in soul. And this pandemic reveals how weak we really are as a race. But we're told here that the Lord will stand beside us at our right hand. That's the sword hand. That's the place of protection. And he's willing to defend us, and he's willing to strengthen us as he protects us. And our weakness is offset by his strength. So Christian, no matter what you have to face, no matter we what we have to face as a nation and a world, we're never alone. Our strength is in Jesus. Now, verse 6 sounds rather strange. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. But there's a very simple meaning. The Lord will help us all the time. Neither sunstroke or moonstroke can hurt us. In other words, the daytime dangers or the nighttime worries, neither can hurt us because he's protecting us, because he is our help. I don't know about you, but it's often when I put my head on the pillow at night that all the worries and the concerns of the day or the times come into my mind. And he is willing to be with us in those difficult moments. There's an old hymn we used to sing, I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close with thee. 
I am weak. We are weak. But he is our protector, and we've got to look to him and ask of him. You'll notice there in verse 7a that um, the Lord will keep you from all harm. Now, the word harm would be better translated evil, wickedness, moral depravity. That's what the word really means. Our, Our problem, of course, is that we're surrounded by, influenced by, seduced by all kinds of wickedness. And in fact, we carry around a heart that is like a slumbering volcano that's capable of blowing at any time. Paul writes to the Romans and he says this, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. Yes, we need Jesus to keep us from all evil, from all harm. We need his Spirit. And the good news is this, the closer we stay to our helper Jesus, the more protection from evil and sin and spiritual harm we will have. So victory is ours in Jesus. He cares and he wants to keep us from sin and evil. He is willing to keep us from sin and evil. So we've got to look to him, our helper, and ask of him, our helper. So he guides us. He watches over us. He protects us. These are reasons why we believe that he can truly help us. But there's another reason, and that's the last one. He controls the future, the end of verse 7 and into verse 8. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. The end of verse 7, he will watch over your life. That's like a kind of an Old Testament version of the hairs, the The very hairs of your head are numbered. That's what Jesus said. And there's a a marvelous, wonderful care and control over our lives exercised by our Savior, Jesus. He's concerned about absolutely everything. He's concerned for our whole existence. He's concerned about life from the beginning of life to the end of life. That's what verse 8 really means. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. I suppose there's less coming and going in these days of lockdown and isolation. But the psalmist is saying, in all of life, he is in control. He is our helper. So as we conclude, we ask the question, Where are we safe in these days? These days of danger. For now, forevermore, where are you safe? Can people provide the safety? Can money provide the safety? Can the NHS provide the safety? And of course, there's some safety and help in these things, And we may need this help sooner or later. But the psalmist is saying, only the maker of heaven and earth can be our ultimate helper. Where does my help come from? Where are you looking today for help? Where? Are you looking for 
a guide? Are you looking for someone to watch over you? Someone to protect you? Are you looking for a helper who actually is in control of your future? His name is Jesus. I want you to look with me at the very same hill that the psalmist would have looked at. And I want to take you to a very special day, Good Friday. In fact, the very first Good Friday. I want you to see the Son of Man, Jesus, outside Jerusalem. And by the way, he was there as a pilgrim for the Passover feast, just like these pilgrims who had been singing Psalm 121. He had wept for Jerusalem because he knew what Jerusalem would do to him. And he stood at the bottom of the hill. And there they put a wooden beam upon his back. And they prepared him for his journey to Golgotha. And Jesus climbed the hill. And Jesus went to the cross. They nailed him to the cross. And there he died. To do what? To wash away your sin. To purchase your salvation. To be your savior. To be your helper. In fact, Jesus asked this very same question as he hung on the cross. Where does my help come from? He put it rather differently. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And guess what? There was absolute silence. Nothing came back. No reply. And as the sun shone at midday, and even as the sky turned black as God switched out the lights. There were three hours of silence. And Jesus died to show us that he really is our helper, our savior. He had to die. And as he died, he showed us he's the only one who can be our guide, our protector, who controls our future. So whatever you have to face, whatever you have to go through, whether you get sick or whether you stay healthy, whether you have to go through days of poverty or whether you're still fairly well off, for better, for worse, we can say confidently, my help Our help comes from Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth. I say to you, folks, my friends, my family, trust him. Trust him. He is worthy of our trust. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth. Let me pray for you.
Father, we are in great need these days of help and guidance and protection. And you call us to trust in Jesus. And we pray that you'll give us the faith and the ability to do so. We know that you're worthy of our trust. And we pray that we will put our trust, our faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in his death and in his resurrection. And that we will live. Live life now and live life eternal with this assurance that you're with us and that you're God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.